avoid the silence. That's fine. Like, if you if you had to uh, be tortured by a genre of music, mine would be country. Apparently that's not Zach. Oh yeah, by far country. No one. So here's the or story. House. No, or house. no, no, no. Country or house. What? What's house? You house Why? music. What is wrong with you? It's like really bad techno. Okay, bad. It's called house. Bad country. I. It's like modern like. modern techno disco is essentially where house comes from. Country rap. I can't do that. That's not good. What, what is good country? There's no such. Well, good I listen country, to one country music. Newer country is a lot more rock than old country. And that's what you like? Oh yeah. It. If you ever listen to a song that makes you feel like you're sitting on a beach, drinking. Not alcohol, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, like, new country gives you the summer vibes. No. Driving down summer vibes? the street on like, your way to a beach. With sunroof, sunroof open and sunroof windows open, open your because feet, your AC's not your working? Your feet are about to that's go a into the water. Song. AC's not working. That's the country song from where you grew up. <laughs> <laughs> my pickup truck, my dog died, and the AC not work. I didn't mean to say pickup truck. I meant to say tractor. Hey, my tractor's also my dog. <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, hey, Joy, Ed, we didn't... We didn't <laughs> We didn't ask Zach no. to say that. Joy, if you wonder why I call you Tractor later. <laughs> tractor. Here's the story. What up, Tractor? In 2011, I moved to Wisconsin, and I was into the country for the summer that I worked there. And Joy never really liked country. And she started listening to it a few weeks ago and came to me with this, like, confession. Like, I have to tell you, but you're going to be upset. I said, wow. She said, not quite. <laughs> That's, she said, you should tell Joy not to approach you like that anymore. <laughs> I've been listening to country, and I really like it. And I said, out of seriousness, like, all right, let's go. And she's like, you don't like country. And here we are, a few weeks later. We've listened to primarily country every time we've been in the car, and it's been good for our What about Lakshmi Singh? Uh, I, I'll listen to Lakshmi when I'm by myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Usually know what's I'm worse, listening to country or listening to NPR. Those are equals in my world. No. Here's the thing. The worst music to listen to, maybe I shouldn't say this because I'm a pastor, <laughs> is anything that is non-worship Christian contemporary music. If, I don't know. If you do listen to it, I it's okay that you listen to it. Just listening to worship music just... In like regular everyday is pretty weird to me. Oh, I'll do that all day. But listening, listening to, to it in the background, yeah. Like if I just listen to "Mercy Me" on, I have repeat, weird feelings about that. I don't want to listen to "Mercy <laughs> Me" on repeat. If you like "Mercy Me," that's okay. I don't. You want know, to listen I can to imagine. I mean, I could only imagine. Get out. <laughs> Nickelback. Uh, I don't want to listen to Nickelback. Oh man. That, you want to? I don't want to. No, that would be torturous. That's not a genre, but it's basically the its question own genre. was genre. Yeah. Yeah, Nickelback's its own genre. <laughs> but it's a comic. <laughs> it's pretty close to country. It is kind of country. Yeah. Eh, not quite. <laughs> I like Johnny Cash. Some people think that's country. That's more folk than country, but... You gotta listen to New Country. Give it a try. New Country. That sounds New like country. the worst genre Is that ever. what this radio station says? Welcome to 98.4 New Country. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening to music on the radio? That's yes. probably not actually yeah. how it works, is it? Yeah. Zach listen to listens to CDs still. or radio. Yeah. You've, tapes? No, we don't have any country tapes. Don't have any you tapes. didn't get a Garth Brooks tape or anything? No. 
No. Although when I was growing up, we had Reba tapes, Leon Rhymes. Leon Rhymes is kind of like borderline country. But <laughs> that is country. I was yeah, in okay. high school the last time I listened to the radio. Like a bridge over okay. troubled water. Write it down. <laughs> Here's the thing. Greg, as far as like the curve of life goes, is way ahead of you. So <laughs> yeah. just accept it and move on with your iPhone 12 while Greg has the 21. That's right. He entered some beta oh, program in another dimension. I haven't actually used a phone with buttons since... Wait, I never did. <laughs> I've never actually buttons. had a phone. It's always been an interface wired into my brain. <laughs> uh, well, I forgive you. I don't. Not for listening to country. You know, I don't need forgiveness for friendship to be in place. Right? <laughs> We're still friends, even though you don't forgive me. All right, all right. Well, we're continuing on. Well, I guess we should talk about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, got... we, we jumped in hard to that. Yeah. That was, uh, there was no buffer zone. No. <laughs> you can't just say right before we hit record, and so I listen to country music now. Just so you know. <laughs> I think you started it. You were like... Zach is wearing cowboy boots with his shorts right now, just so you know. He's wearing a tank top. <laughs> and it's cowboy boots. 9,700 degrees outside. So yeah, I'm wearing as few clothes as possible. Okay, That's, cowboy boots. Then don't cowboy fit. boots was a bad fit. Good <laughs> chafe on those puppies. Oh man, if you could see me now, mom, <laughs> make you so proud. Did your mom listen to this? Uh, probably not. Oh, I'm so we're gonna share it. Yeah, for sure. I'll call her. I'll make sure she listens. Gives it a listen. What radio station is it on, sweetie? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the new country. New country. Uh, 98.4. New country. It just reminds me of Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. <laughs> if you ever go to Dallas, look for the billboards. Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. We are actually sponsored by Jim Adler. Yeah. That's today's message. Podcast, Podcast. is sponsored today by Jim Adler. Jim Adler. The Texas the Hammer. The Texas Hammer. Uh, a couple things happening in the Corner Church world. Uh, we have a connection event. Is it this week? I don't have my calendar open. Yeah, it is. This coming week. The uh, Make It Project. Uh, build something. Build something. That's what it's called. I'm uh, opening up. Oh, here we are. Build something. July 27th, 2 p.m. at the Abercrombie's House. There's information on the website. Uh, we've got a pack and play on August 4th, marriage Q&A coming up in the end of uh, August. Well, end of August, meaning August 17th. United Service. It's coming up hot, August 25th. Uh, we don't have, I don't think you guys, we don't have anybody who has signed up for baptisms or baby dedications as of yet. Not yet. It's still, uh, still have time. Still if a month you, out. If you want to get baptized, just talk to us. Send us a text or an email. Give us a call. Talk to us on Sunday. Uh, we would love to share more with you about just what baptism is. If you have any questions, um, we really love to walk that. And we have a lot of fun doing baptisms. Yep. Dedications. If you want to reach out to Greg, don't call into a radio show because <laughs> he won't be listening. Just leave a comment on this podcast. Just leave yes. a comment. Uh, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, fall retreat. It's uh, two months away. Yep, September twenty twenty wow. second. It's well, the best guys, thing we do. Christmas. Wow, wow. two and a half big. months. <laughs> wow, we we spiraled quickly there. Well, it's gonna snow tomorrow. Happy New Year. It's the hottest day ever. It is. It feels yes, like it outside. Is. It, I no, like it. Today's hotter. This, today is oh, wow. when you, when you. I walk outside and my glasses fog up. 
Yeah. yeah, you swim. You can just start swimming outside. Yeah, Joy, Joy has that. Tonight, after the sun goes down, I'm going to ride my motorcycle to a water hole and go swim. That's how warm it is. You've been listening what to country, country? <laughs> going to the water hole. Gonna get my get my steel steel horse and ride to the water and hole. Gonna take my horse to the old water hole. I'm gonna jump in and swim. That's, that's the country rap song. I won't even take my cobble boots off. <laughs> the swimming boots. Swimming boots. Uh, did you, I tell you guys about Hidden Falls? Last week, I went to Hidden Falls. So if you've never been there, go check it out. It's in South St. Paul. And it's oh, not I a real you waterfall. About the other place you accidentally went to. No, no. This is a real place. It's a it's a fake waterfall. It's a man-made waterfall that's just a, a sewer drain. It's clear. <laughs> okay, it's clean it's going water. Down. But they built rock outcroppings that make waterfalls. And it's deep in the woods. But you can climb inside this this pipe. It's, it's a <laughs> oh ten foot goodness. diameter pipe, and it just goes. It extends into the ground, and it's dark. And I went twenty five feet in, and I was like, I can't go any further because I'm afraid of the dark. So I turned around. Country. He's but next in the sewer. next time I go, I'm gonna bring my crew with me. Meeting. We're all gonna wear all our cowboy boots and okay. go wrestle up a gator. Yeah, <laughs> gonna go noodling. <laughs> oh my god. Let's <laughs> for some, some big old fish. Uh, that's all that's going on that's in going the on world. Today we're continuing on with friendship with Jesus, friendship like Jesus. And uh, we're talking about forgiveness. a good competition so if you ever get pulled over you always lose and well you should we, we I will never lose again <laughs> if you uh, if you get pulled over we used to do this when we were in college if you get pulled over the first person in the car that talks has to pay the ticket oh man it's so uncomfortable but I feel nothing how often did you get pulled over I know how do you pull over like enough to make that a thing Twice. I've gotten pulled over. Pulled over. Play, I've played it twice in my life. Oh, but it was just like a thing. I think I've been yeah. pulled over twice in my life. Oh, and there was a time where I got a couple of speeding tickets. Oh. There's not much to do in Upsala. I mean, this was in Texas. Well, same thing. <laughs> just a little bit warmer. Yeah, but you should try it sometime. My dad was a cop, and because of that, I got out of a couple of tickets. What? Yeah. When I was in college, I went home to visit, and I went 70 on the back roads, and a state trooper, or no, a county deputy, was coming my way, and he threw his lights on before I even got to him. Are you Bill Yurick's kid? He's like, Don Yurick doesn't happen to be your dad, does he? He's like, yeah, he is. He's like, all right, wait here. Comes back, and, you know, normally I would have written you a ticket, but out of respect for your dad, I'm going to let you off for this one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. That really ties into what we're talking about. I felt today. very humbled, even before. I was like, I don't even want to say that he's my dad because I don't want to get out of this ticket. I deserve this ticket. Yeah. And he let me off the hook because mm-hmm. my dad. And now you're the guy 
the angry old guy that stands in your front yard and yells at cars as they go too fast <laughs> down the street. <laughs> hey, man, when Domino's Delivery Dan goes by my place at 50 miles an hour and Atlas is going into the road to retrieve Lucy, it's just not a good combo. My dog! My dog! Oh, Bobby! <sighs> oh. Yeah, we're talking about friendship, though, today. No, we're talking forgiveness. Forgiveness. And friendship. Forgiveness within friendship. Yeah. Experiencing the forgiveness of Jesus, forgiving people like Jesus forgives us. It's a powerful thing. What's it like to have a friend that doesn't forgive? Is it real friendship? I don't know. I, I think there's a... It's a there's a degree of relationship. It actually goes back to even a little bit about what we talked about. Well, it's been all these weeks, but... If you, there are people that live relationships that as soon as you need to forgive, they move on. Like it's a, well, we gave it a good shot. <laughs> and uh, this forgiveness thing, yeah. I'm just try again with someone else. <clears throat> yep. And it goes both ways needing to be forgiven or forgiving somebody else. Needing to forgive somebody. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess the thing that we talked a lot about this uh, throughout the last week, a lot about forgiveness, and uh, I don't know that the, uh, several of the conversations we had, I thought were um, interesting. But one that really resonated with me surrounds being forced to forgive. We wrote a, or I wrote a bunch about about that. But being forced to forgive, can that really work? Is that yeah? Is that something that is effective? You brought up the idea of forgiveness before the age of seven. What what did you learn as a kid? And oftentimes, forgiveness as a kid is all about forcefulness. Yeah. You did this. Go, go say you're sorry. And now that they said they're sorry, now you need to forgive them because they said sorry. Yeah. If you don't forgive, you're going to have time out. Do you as a parent, do you say that? All the time. <laughs> Not the I was hoping that it was uh, going to, like, because I, I, boy... I remember, like, as a parent, when my kids were little, that was, it was not necessarily an effort to foster forgiveness or, like, understanding of how to do right relationship. It was about easier for me. It's, it's much easier. No, we have to be really intentional to walk with our kids to, in a moment where, like, Atlas is kind of in a hitting stage right now. <laughs> it's way easier for me to say, Atlas, that was wrong. Go say you're sorry. And instead to say, Atlas, do you think that was gentle and kind or do you think that was hurtful? It was hurtful. Okay. Do you want to go talk to Cam? Do you want to tell her anything? If you want to, you can say that you're sorry. If you, if you want to apologize, you can apologize for hitting her. And that seems to be great. Now, here's the, here's the dad moment, though. What if he goes, I don't want to. I'm going to go hit her again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ideal line <laughs> come here, is, Then you say, as a parent, you say, come here, I'm going to spank you. <laughs> yeah. Get over hit here. Hit you. Oh, wait. No. It's just hard. There's, for us, we're learning, okay, there's a line that we get to define that says, all right, you're not going to hit your sister anymore. We won't allow it. But also to say, okay, you don't want to apologize. That's okay. Cam, that really hurt that you got hit, huh? Atlas doesn't want to apologize right now. That's really That feels really hurtful, doesn't it? Just like helping her experience her feelings and not forcing forgiveness. That's hard. So hard. Because there's a justice piece that feels like it's going unmet. Oh, justice would be that this person 
says sorry and this person forgives. Okay, once once the obligatory or the forced sorry is said, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I mean, at its purest reality, means nothing. Yeah. You know, when a, when a kid just goes, sorry, sorry, okay. Yeah. What does that What does that do? It doesn't doesn't do anything. And with forgiveness, I think, is a lot deeper than waiting for someone to apologize and then saying that we forgive them. We'll talk about it this week, but forgiveness often is our internal state, our position towards people, if they've wronged us that we live from a place of forgiveness, that our hearts are forgiving toward them and not even in the way of like the fun. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I forgive you. Yeah. Can someone be forgiven? Can you forgive somebody even if they're not seeking forgiveness? Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, think about it's. Can can Cambria forgive Atlas for hitting her even though he doesn't say I'm sorry? All I hear is Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that that we can live that way toward people. I've, I mean, I've interacted with a lot of people that were working through forgiving uh, friends or family that have passed away. Yeah. And that. I mean, again, forgiveness is a internal, personal thing. It's not necessarily contingent on yeah. somebody else or being forced to do it. <clears throat> I I thought about it in terms of like driving incidences. You know, like somebody doesn't use their blinker, you <laughs> need to forgive them. Okay, That's I was probably going to forgive them anyway. It wasn't that big a deal. You know, somebody cuts you off. It's getting a little bit harder, but you know, time will pass. I'll forgive and forget. Somebody backs into you, bangs into you. It's, it's getting, you know, there's consequences now. Mm-hmm. And again, somebody would come up to you and say, you need to forgive them, Scott. It's getting tougher. Somebody totals your car. Somebody totals your car and injures you or family members. Somebody maliciously, like, intentionally drives into you. Like, there is, there is a degree of complexity that comes when forgiveness is, like needs to happen as opposed to you know it wasn't really that big a deal yeah and uh um i i don't know really how that ties into the kids teaching you know i i think maybe the the innocence of parents is that we need to real or we're just saying it wasn't that big of a deal i'm just trying to make parents feel better but uh but that we learn a lot from being forced to forgive until it becomes really, really hard. And then it just, like, the my heels dig in really deep. Yeah, I think sometimes we have practices because they are, we want them to be our values, but they're not our values yet. Hmm. And so, like, when a parent will tell a child to ask forgiveness, even though they may not understand what it is, it's a good practice of helping them understand, like, oh, I'm forced to do this thing, even though I don't understand why, and maybe I'm not actually asking for forgiveness. Um, I think in the same way, like, there should be, sometimes we don't fully understand why we do the things we do, but we know that they are good things, and so 
we should we practice them and through practice we have fuller understanding yeah. of what those things actually mean yeah. and what they are that can I mean, only go so far I think I think about the practice of forgiveness there has to be more learning to the point that if I only ever practice forgiveness without understanding it fully and then I have the hardest thing in life happen I don't think that that can make up for it. Like if I, if I don't understand a deeper level of why I'm forgiving and it's just practice, then the moment when someone comes and it's like the worst thing happens, they, they kill my family. I don't think that my, my, uh, practice and practice and practice can like make up for that pain. I, I feel like I need a deeper understanding at that point of why would I even forgive this person? Cause there's no reason I should. Or it doesn't yeah. feel like there's a reason I should. Well, and there's not an, uh, an allowance for honesty in that. Uh, yeah. Today, Zach and I were at a memorial service for an incredible uh, woman, pastor's wife, <clears throat> person in ministry. Uh, and her husband spoke at it and was just really honest and said, this is hard and I just don't get it. doesn't make me bitter towards God, but man, I'm really, this is hard. This is, can, this could be a moment where I, I'm looking, didn't he say like, I, God, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. And he was talking to his kids. I mean, he's got five kids. The youngest is just a few years old and just one of his kids talking about the pain of losing a mother. And it'd be really easy to want to avoid having to talk about that pain, but just stepping in saying, I don't know why this happened and it really hurts. Yeah. And that's maybe part of the thing that we lose in that formula of forgiveness of being forced to do it as a kid is to wrestle with the complexity of emotions and pain that is tied to it. Yeah. And uh, um, it's pretty easy to build a theology that says, um, boy, I'm really, really off to be mad or disappointed or confused in God. And uh, I feel like I'm working through my process of forgiving God. It's like you're waiting for the lightning to strike you and for God to smite you for thinking or saying those things. And uh, I think that, that can be pretty damaging, too. Yeah. Yeah, giving yourself freedom to approach God with all of your feelings, even if those feelings seem like they're against God. Just being real with what you're feeling. You don't have to, I don't think we have to go to God and say specifically, God, I know I'm really mad at you and I know that you needed to do this thing. You didn't do it. I don't, I don't think we have to put that language to it, but just to say, yeah, God, I'm, I'm really mad right now. And I feel like I'm mad at you Yeah. because I feel like, why didn't you do this thing? Why didn't you keep my mom from experiencing this pain? And why didn't, why didn't you stop that drunk driver from hitting my family's vehicle? And now they're gone. Why didn't you intervene? All these hard questions that we are afraid to ask and, yeah. Forgiveness involves a lot of question asking, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the the quote, the classic quote, which I think has a lot of good merit, but maybe has poor execution, is that, you know, unforgiveness is drinking poison and hoping it's hurting the other person. And uh, was that a butchering of that quote? <laughs> Kind of that. Just mean, a little bit. Yeah. It's it's drinking poison and hoping it'll affect or poisoning. Keeping poisoning yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds much better. Well, well said. But 
if you build if you build a pattern of unforgiveness in your life, it it's toxic. Yeah, it'll kill you. It'll definitely hurt you. It will. It can definitely be toxic to other relationships too. I think that's really common in in culture where people are dealing with unforgiveness towards person A and person B really suffers in that relationship, you know? A different different person, different relationship, transference of that unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a lot that we pulled out for this week, but what is what is what did Jesus say about forgiveness? What do scriptures say about forgiveness? There's there's a ton to this idea of what forgiveness is supposed to look like, or at least the heart behind forgiveness. This is a major theme of scripture. There's yeah. a couple. Yeah. Love is loving, love like God. God is love. That's a major theme. Uh, justice, meeting the needs of the impoverished, being selfless, self, you know, serving of others, major theme. But forgiveness is like up in that, that enchilada, just that major theme of scripture. The upper enchilada. Enchiladas. <laughs> and, uh, I'm definitely never going to use the word echelon again. It's no. just going to be... The upper enchiladas of leadership. I'm writing a book next week. Look for it on Amazon. (laughs) How to get to the upper enchilada of leadership. Uh, And we're we're easily pulled. (laughs) Oh man! But um, the thing when I think about forgiveness, and I mean the the thing that just gouges me, and I think I I want to really help be the conversation is that we're called to forgive as we have been forgiven. Forgive as we've been forgiven. Forgive as Jesus forgave you, more specifically. And uh, um, it's my first impression of that can really quickly be like, I just need to, like, the childhood process of forgiveness. I just need to, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. They said, sorry, I forgive you. But... The, the story, the epic story, the most epic story of Jesus's his coming to earth, his life on earth, his perfect life, his sacrifice on the cross, his death, his resurrection. Is, I mean, that's a crazy, crazy process. And But that's let's engage crazy process to forgive others as well. And that gives entails time, entails effort, entails a physical cost and emotional cost, but uh, it's not just a moment like, oh, you said you're sorry. Nah, I forgive you. I forgot. It's, it's an epic process. Yeah, and it has to start with some sort of understanding of what being forgiven by Jesus, by God, what that yeah. actually means. The the parable where Which Peter... is hard to wrap your brain around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I love Peter's the parable surrounding Peter coming up to Jesus and going, uh, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Like seven times, because he's an idiot. <laughs> We're there seven times. And then Jesus tells the parable of the person who's forgiven an incredible debt and then comes outside and beats up somebody who has owes him just a few bucks. And uh, um, I want to ask the question, what have you been forgiven of? Mm-hmm. And... I feel I I've been working hard on that process for a week, mm-hmm. trying to clearly understand what I've been forgiven of, <laughs> and uh, I feel really quickly that 
I have it's easy for me to go, I don't know. I don't know what I've been forgiven of. Yeah. And that makes me sets me up to be that servant and beats up people who've been mm. owe me a little. Mm-hmm. And if I when um I actually like it's a strong emotional thing as I started to really tap into how people how uh, Amber or the girls and specifically God have forgiven me when I actually verbalize uh, what what I've been forgiven of, man, it impacts me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if this servant in the parable came out and said, "Hey, buddy, you wouldn't believe what just happened to me," the story would be radically different. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard thing because like yeah. you, it is, we don't want it to be like. Beating ourselves up constantly about how terrible we are. No, which is what which is what I hear so many times when we're saying, "Remember we've been forgiven." It's remember how big of a piece of crap you are, so that when you That's see other point. pieces of crap, you're not. You realize that you all sucked. Hey, we're all just pieces of crap. Wow, that'll preach. I think yeah. I just think it's a it can be it can be a dangerous path to walk down. Um, it has to come from a perspective of who God is first, who he created you to be. So there's something empowering in that. And his sacrifice for you to be that thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I do feel some tension in that. Yeah. I think- Which is good. I, uh, I can feel myself going both ways. I think that my most easy tendency is not to beat myself up, but rather to just be take for granted the forgiveness I've been I've received. Yeah, I think that's where I tend to lean. But I do know I know of people. Oh yeah, me too. I, I yeah, same way. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is probably the other. I'm the opposite. I, I'm, I totally beat myself up. Like mm-hmm. I know people in our community that are like yeah. that. Yeah. When when you sit and think about all you've been forgiven, it's really easy to just realize like, oh man, I did so many wrong things. I made so many bad choices, and to sit in that. But I think that defining does anybody thing, even hang out with me. Yeah. Why is it? Why is my wife even like look at me? <laughs> right. Why? I think that there's something to be said about what our forgiveness leads to. Uh, I think real realization of forgiveness leads to our life being full and our life being um, we're giving and we, we understand who we are and we're able to live free in who Jesus says we are. If I'm stuck with my past, my life is not going to be full and I'm going to be very self-focused. Uh, I think about in Luke 7, uh, this sinful woman, this story, we didn't write about this, but um, this woman who came and she broke this jar of ointment over Jesus' feet and was weeping and was um, washing his feet with this perfume and drying his feet with her hair. And all of the religious leaders looked on and said, this woman is uh, such a sinner. If this man really were a prophet, he would have known who she was, what sort of woman she was. And... Uh, there's another instance where he tells uh, a parable about money lender having two debtors and canceling these debts. And he canceled a smaller debt and a larger debt. And the one with the larger debt had uh, much more love for this person who forgave because of the largeness of the debt. And uh, 
he turns, Jesus turns toward the woman and talks about how her love was greater because she was forgiven much. And I think my forgiveness, if it's small, it's because I don't think I've understood the greatness of my forgiveness. And if my love is small, it's because I haven't understood. But the, the sign for me that I know I'm forgiven is when I love people greatly, um, when I love much, even in relationship with God, when I feel like I'm able to experience coming to him and experiencing a greatness of love. Um, if I don't have that, then I think I know I'm, I'm looking at my forgiveness wrong. Yeah. yeah, I feel like when you both people in the equation get a choice, the person asking uh, for forgiveness has to choose whether to ask or not. And the pe- person being asked forgiveness has to choose to accept it or not. And either of those responses change things. And so if you're sitting there saying, I'm just the worst when you know that Christ has forgiven you, you're not accepting that forgiveness. You're not seeing yourself as the new creation that you've been created. You're you're living like you've never received Christ, that what all of Christ has done for you was irrelevant. And so uh, it's important to have that remembrance of what you've been forgiven of so that we can move on, so that you don't live in that pit. Man, there are so many, because another pitfall is to then just manipulate grace like mm-hmm. this is sweet which yeah man i i feel like i've had for sure when i was a teenager i thought uh, that was my simplistic view of faith is that eh, i'll just ask forgiveness when this is done he'll forgive me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah sure I, the thing that i hope to do is to just really stir the I don't know the pot in this, have some good conversation, and then just to go. Uh, now, what are you going to do? Um, how are you going to be stretched? In the, how are you stretched in this? Uh, Jesus is this picture, it is this embodiment of perfect forgiveness, and uh, it's not just for you to look at him forgiving somebody else. He's forgiving me. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Um, I have scenarios where I have endlessly failed people and need to be forgiven and uh what what am i going to do and vice versa i've i've been hurt or wronged and uh, but remember that i've been forgiven much now what am i going to do i think a easy card for the christian world to play is the seven-year-old card they said they're sorry now forgive them and move on (laughs) and uh, i think that's really hurtful yeah. It's good. Well, this will be fun. Hey, if it doesn't go that well, we'll just ask for forgiveness when we're done. <laughs> I'll say, hey, Scott. I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. Uh, the daily Nacho Libre. And la, 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 la. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, um, if you wrestle with unforgiveness, um, first thing that you should know is that that's okay. That's normal. You're not unusual. You shouldn't stone yourself. And uh, but uh, dive deeply into it. Talk to people about it. Don't you don't have to feel like you have to have the seventh grade or seven year old perspective that I just if I just was had enough willpower I'd just forgive this moment. But but work in and lean into wrestle with the process and and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you guys all have a great week. We will uh, 
Zach and I will be here next week. Scott will not, so. I'll miss it. Have a good night. Stay tuned, Yeah, see you later. Bye.